If you have a Bible, you can open to Matthew's Gospel. We'll look at the end of chapter 4, starting in verse 12. And the text is also in the bulletin there. Um, There are some some Bibles available on the table in the back if you'd like to follow along in one of those. Uh, We're spending some time looking together at Matthew's Gospel. Um, uh, The Gospels are all about Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, He's the most wonderful person who ever lived. Maybe you've heard of him. Uh, everyone should take an interest in him. Actually, everything he's ever done is good. Sometimes it's confusing. Sometimes it's beyond our comprehension how it is good. Uh, but everything he's ever done is good, and every detail of his life is worth your careful attention, your consideration, and your celebration. Uh, so this morning, um, we're, we're going to look at the beginning of his active ministry, his active public ministry among other people. So Matthew gives us something actually of a summary here, uh, right up front of Jesus' activity, says that he preached, and he gathered some followers, and he healed people. That's sort of a, an overview of what we find, really, through the rest of the Gospel of Matthew. He's going to get into, Matthew will get into specific, like, the content of some of Jesus' preaching. Uh, for example, next uh, Sunday we'll start um, in the next chapter, chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount. So we get some of the specifics of his teaching there. And then Matthew is going to provide us with uh, many further details about Jesus' ministry uh, throughout the book. But here we have a nice synopsis of what, his, uh, what Jesus' preaching and ministry was all about. He was preaching uh, the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of heaven. The, the good news, the gospel, the kingdom of heaven. And this kingdom was materialized in his own life and in his ministry, his service to others. So Jesus is always talking about the kingdom of heaven. Uh, the word kingdom shows up more than 50 times in Matthew's gospel. He's, he's always talking about it. Uh, and so if it's so important to Jesus, we should talk about it too. We should figure out what it is. What's the kingdom of heaven? Uh, why is Jesus always talking about it? How can you participate in this kingdom of heaven? So those are the kinds of things we'll talk about this morning. Uh, let me pray, then we'll read the scripture. <clears throat> Father, your word is world-changing. And we want it to change us as we hear it and consider it together. Uh, So please work in our hearts and our minds through your spirit now. Uh, We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, this is John the Baptist, he withdrew into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who's called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. 
So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures, and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis, and from Jerusalem and Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise be to you, O Christ. So we haven't mentioned here a few times that he's preaching the kingdom of heaven, um, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. What, what is the kingdom of heaven? What's the first thing you think about when you think about a kingdom? You think about just some kingdom, some earthly kingdom. What's the first thing you think about? Maybe it's the, where it is, the location, geographical boundaries, uh, geographical features that are prominent, the features of the realm. Um, maybe it's the kind of people who are the citizens of that kingdom. Maybe they, they talk in a funny way, have a certain kind of accent or something. Maybe it's the um, government, right? The king himself. You think about a kingdom, think about who rules the kingdom. Uh, when Jesus teaches about the kingdom of heaven, uh, sometimes, actually a lot of times, he call it, calls it the kingdom of God. And that makes sense because the Bible refers to God, Yahweh, that's his name, uh, refers to Yahweh as the God of heaven. That's how he's referred to in Genesis 24. Abraham talks about him that way. Uh, he's the God of heaven. So it's God's kingdom. It's the kingdom where Yahweh is honored as the king. It's the kingdom where God's majesty is on display and celebrated. It's the kingdom where God's power prevails. And it's referred to as the kingdom of heaven because that is the place in creation where God is joyfully known as king. That's the place in all God's creation. Remember, God created heaven and earth. Heaven is part of God's creation. It's the place in creation where God is joyfully known as king. It's the place in God's creation that was not ruined by the fall. And the main thing that that means is that God's presence defines the reality there. It defines the experience of reality there. Right? So heaven is all about the presence of God. Heaven, the kingdom of heaven, is about the presence and the power of the king. God is the proper center of heaven. He's the proper focus. He's the proper delight of heaven. In heaven, God is known and trusted and praised and obeyed as king. On earth, in our sin, um, it's, it's actually possible uh, to live as if God were not real. Most of us live that way most of the time, as if God were not real. It's possible to do that here on earth because of our sin. In heaven, that's impossible. It's impossible to live in heaven as if God were not real. Um, in God's glorious heavenly presence, it's impossible to ignore him. His presence dominates the reality of heaven. In heaven, life is defined by the enjoyment of his blessed presence. Life is true, sweet communion with the living God. Life flows from relationship with God and from nowhere else. Life is full to overflowing with the love of God. So heaven heaven's not just a really pleasant place. It is what it is because God is there in unobscured glory. Unobscured glory. God's people don't just like the idea of heaven because it means no more suffering or no more pain or because it means something like unending happiness, right? We long for heaven because it means we get to be with the triune God of love. That's what it means. In the glorious perfection of our relationship with him, that's what we want. When we broke relationship with God in our sin, we walked away from God and therefore we walked away from heaven. And the way back into his heavenly presence was shut to sinners until the Lord of heaven opened it again. Only the Lord of heaven could do it. J- 
Jesus has opened the way to heaven through his own humanity, through his own sacrifice. He is the Lord of heaven, come down in the flesh, become a man, so that as one of us, he could restore our relationship to God, so that as he is welcome in heaven, so also we, as his people, are welcomed back into God's heavenly presence. And in his death on the cross, he took our death upon himself, our separation from God, the penalty for our sins, our being kept out of heaven, that's what he took upon himself. So that sin and death no longer prevent us from entering God's presence. That's what he accomplished at the cross. So that there's, there's nothing that bars us from heaven anymore. Not even the holy justice of God himself. Nothing keeps us out of heaven. Through faith in Jesus, through our relationship with him, because we're united to him in baptism, and through the Holy Spirit, we get to be with him where he is in God's glorious presence in heaven. We get to be citizens. That's what the Bible calls us, citizens of that place. Uh, that is rightly ordered in relationship to God. So, heaven is our true home. We belong there, not because of who we are, but because of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. We belong in heaven, in the place where God is the proper center and focus and delight of everything, in the place where God is known and trusted and praised and obeyed as king. We belong there. That's our home. Um, we belong there because of who Jesus is, because he's the Lord of heaven, because God is gracious, because he's merciful. And uh, he has a forgiving love to us. So, but here in our passage, we're not just talking about heaven. We're talking about the kingdom of heaven. That's the language used throughout the Gospels. The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is not limited to a place that is heaven. There is a place in creation that is heaven. And it is characterized by God's presence. But the kingdom of heaven is not limited to that place. It's not limited to heaven. The kingdom of heaven has come, and it is coming to earth. The kingdom of heaven has come near in the person of the king himself when the the king of heaven came to earth, the incarnate son of God, the Lord Jesus, the one human being who has lived in perfect relationship to God, the only one of us who has known and trusted and praised and obeyed God as king, the only one whose entire reality throughout his life has been defined by God's presence. Jesus embodies As the king of heaven, he embodies the kingdom of heaven. And when he walked the earth, the kingdom was wherever he was. He didn't just enjoy relationship with God for himself. He came to extend that relationship to others, to restore and renew and heal and give true spiritual life to all kinds of people, to bring all kinds of people into the kingdom of heaven. He came as a man born to one nation, Israel, But as he said, his kingdom was not of this world. It's not synonymous with one of the kingdoms or multiple kingdoms of this world even. The citizenry of his kingdom would not be limited to people from only one earthly nation. His kingdom is not defined by geographical features or boundaries. It's not like what you think of when you think of other kingdoms. You think of the place that it's those islands over there. It's not like that. It's not defined by geographical boundaries, and it's not populated by people of only one ethnicity. Uh, Jesus grew up in Galilee and spent a lot of time ministering there. That's where he is now. Galilee is the permeable boundary between Israel and the rest of the nations. That's what it is. Galilee in the north of the land there, it was the permeable boundary. So Matthew refers to this area as the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. Gentiles, uh, literally that's Galilee of the nations. Galilee of the, the Greek word is ethne, and we get that word ethnicities. 
from that. So it's Galilee of the ethnicities. That's where he is. That's where he's beginning his public ministry. So this is another early indicator in Matthew's gospel that the kingdom Jesus was bringing would be an international one. Jesus was the light from heaven dawning on those people who had dwelt in darkness in the shadow of death. He went around the whole region preaching the gospel of this kingdom, uh, healing every disease, every affliction, so that his fame spread throughout all Syria, not just the land of Israel, God's people, right, but really beginning to spread throughout the world. And crowds came to him from even beyond the Jordan. That's where the nations are, the other ethnicities. In the person of the king, the kingdom of heaven is a blessing to all kinds of people, bringing healing and freedom and salvation and joy. So these are the blessings of being brought back into a relationship with God. That's what these blessings are. The blessings of heaven, the blessings of God's presence, defining your reality in Christ. So the kingdom of heaven is manifested wherever Jesus is acknowledged as Lord. Wherever the light of heaven rules the hearts of God's people, wherever relationship with God is restored through the word of Christ. So the kingdom of heaven is primarily a kingdom of reconciliation. Reconciliation to God. That's the main defining feature. It's not just a kingdom where really nice people live and they don't do bad things anymore. It's a kingdom of true communion with God. If you, if you don't have the restoration of relationship with God in Christ, then you don't have the kingdom of heaven. Whatever it is, it's not the kingdom of heaven. So the only place where this kingdom comes on earth is through the church. It's through the ministry of reconciliation that we have as the gospel is proclaimed, as the church proclaims the gospel of Jesus Christ, as we're ambassadors of reconciliation, right? The only, one, the only way to participate in the kingdom of heaven is to respond personally to the king with faith, to become one of his disciples and to follow him. Jesus called Simon Peter and his brother Andrew, and then he called James and his brother John to follow him, verse 19. So when he does that, he's establishing the church. He's established, in a sense, he's establishing the church. It's the people who hear God, uh, God's call, hear Jesus' call, and begin to, to congregate around him. So for them, uh, in this uh, passage, for these people, um, that meant dropping everything that they were doing right there, leaving their work, even leaving their families, leaving their participation in the regular workings of this world to follow Jesus, to look for their good only in him, to look for their life only in him as their Lord. So leaving your job is not a requirement uh, for following Jesus. Leaving your family is definitely not a requirement for following Jesus, right? This is given to us as a picture that says following Jesus really does mean something just as radical as this, just as radical as leaving everything in this world behind, family possessions, everything. So following Jesus, looking to participate in the kingdom of heaven through him, means leaving behind this world and its ways. It means giving up every avenue, every pursuit of your good apart from God. It means turning away from all the life goals and the strategies that have nothing to do with Jesus, nothing to do with a relationship with God as your father. It means finding all blessing only in the presence of God. And that means repentance, as Jesus says, repent, because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Following Jesus has everything to do with coming into a new relationship with God through him. 
Becoming a citizen of heaven means enjoying God's presence, living your life with God rather than apart from him, which you can do in this world. You can do in this life. You can live life with God rather than apart from him. So participating in the kingdom of heaven means uh, also helping others to do the same thing, just as the king himself has done. Jesus calls his disciples to follow him, and he says uh, that he'll make us fishers of men. He's going to make us the kind of people who like to introduce others to Jesus. So as you come to know and trust and praise and obey the Lord Jesus and participate in his kingdom, it will mean telling others about him, about who he is, about what he's done for us. Uh, Jesus begins his own public ministry here in Galilee, and, and, um, and at the end of Matthew's gospel, they're back in the same place. We find him and the disciples here in Galilee again, and he sends them forth from there to proclaim the gospel and to make disciples of all nations, it says in Matthew 28. At the very end of this gospel, we're back here in Galilee, and they're sent out on their mission, right? So that, that word, uh, it says, make disciples of all nations, same word uh, that we find in our passage, Gentiles, ethnicities. Make disciples, bring people into relationship with Jesus from all kinds of people groups, right? So in the Great Commission, he's saying that his disciples participate in growing his international kingdom by bringing people from all nations into a relationship with Jesus, a relationship of discipleship, which is following and learning and fellowship and communion. He says, make disciples by baptizing them and by teaching them which is like church language. So he's saying, go bring everyone into the church that I've established. That's what he's saying. The Great Commission is, go bring all kinds of people into this church, baptize them, make them a part of the church, and teach them about me and about what I've said. Make followers like yourselves by bringing others into a new relationship with me. So that's what he's preparing his disciples for here, early in the beginning of uh, Matthew's Gospel. Uh, when he says that he will make them fishers of men and the whole world is their sea. The whole world. Life in the kingdom of heaven is good because it's life with God. But life in the kingdom of heaven is not easy. It's good. It's something that we want, but it's not easy. Jesus talks plenty about the difficulties that we'll face in this world as, as he goes throughout this gospel telling people about the kingdom he talks a lot about suffering that we're going to face and the persecution that we're going to face. In fact, right here in our passage, uh, we have really the greatest example of it, of people, uh, um, non-Jesus people, people who are not Jesus himself, the greatest example, John the Baptist, right? Everything kicks off when John the Baptist is arrested. Does that seem like a triumph of God's kingdom, John the Baptist being arrested? Um, the kingdoms of this world, they don't like the kingdom of heaven. They don't like people preaching about the kingdom of heaven. People outside the church whose lives are defined by personal sin and rebellion against God don't want to hear the church proclaim the kingship of God. So John the Baptist was arrested and he was on his way to a grisly execution because he sought to make disciples out of people who loved worldly power. John was arrested and killed and Jesus did not see this as a failure of the kingdom of heaven. It was not a failure of the kingdom of heaven. His is the kind of kingdom where stuff like this happens. The kingdom isn't faltering or crumbling when its citizens suffer or face persecution. That's one of the wonders of this kingdom. God is growing it, and nothing can ever stop it because opposition and persecution really, ultimately, they only serve to make it spread further and faster. The kingdom of heaven 
is a Christ-shaped kingdom. And the king himself was a suffering servant who bore witness to the kingdom of heaven, even though it cost him his life. The kingdom is Christ-shaped. What shape is Jesus? What shape is his life? So Stanley Hauerwas, uh, he's got a good commentary on the book of Matthew. He says, this is the central question that animates the story Matthew will tell. How can it be that the one long expected, the Messiah, the one Israel believes will free it from political servitude, how can it be that he will not triumph as kings do with their armies? To be trained as a disciple is to learn why this Jesus, the son of David, the one true king, must suffer crucifixion. Why is is the shape of Jesus' life the way that it is? Why is the shape of Jesus' kingdom the way that it is? Matthew gives us a gospel where Jesus is king, but that doesn't mean triumphing like with armies. That means suffering service, and it means a sacrificial death. Matthew tells us that Jesus is always talking about the kingdom, but that doesn't mean taking over the political structures of this world. Those with worldly power, they crucified the king of heaven. And that was not a failure of his kingdom. That was the fulfillment and flourishing of his kingdom. In this world, the kingdom of heaven is a cruciform kingdom. It's Christ-shaped. It's cruciform. As it goes with the king, so it goes with his people. Should we expect anything different? Should we hope for anything different? Our great hope is to know the king. Our great hope is to be like the king. Our great hope is to be with the king and to follow the king so that as it goes with him, so it goes with us. Because that means the presence of God defining our reality. That means heaven. That's the kingdom of heaven. If you truly look forward to heaven... Because it's the place where God is. Because it's the place where the Lord of heaven is, Jesus. If you truly look forward to it, because it's that, then you'll want to participate in the kingdom of heaven in this world, even though it's a cruciform kingdom. Because it's where Jesus is. And that's the best thing about the kingdom of heaven, fellowship with Jesus. So as uh, Martin Luther wrote in that hymn that we sing, A Mighty Fortress, Let goods and kindred go, this mortal life also. The body they may kill, God's truth abideth still. His kingdom is forever. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we have lived, as uh, we often confess, in open rebellion against your gracious rule. But because your kingdom is one of grace, you sent your son to restore us as fully participating citizens in your kingdom. So thank you for that. We want to follow Jesus wherever he calls us. We want to be with Jesus wherever he is. We're thankful that this is the promise that Jesus has already made to us, that he'll always be with us. We want to tell others about Jesus, and we want to bring them also into the kingdom. So we pray that you would sustain us in this kingdom life with Jesus by the power of your spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.